Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp and I'm here with Macworld Executive Editor Michael Simon as well as Computer World Executive Editor Ken Mingus. And today we are going to be diving into two big wins. One big win for sort of mobile at large and another big win for Apple. But before we dive into what we're going to be talking about today, we are live on LinkedIn and YouTube. So if you have any questions or comments while we're discussing, please do leave them in the live chat or the live comments. And we're going to try our best to get back to you while we're recording live. If we miss you, um, we'll try our best also to get back to you after the fact, but answering your question live is definitely the priority here. So like I said, two big wins, one for mobile in general, one for Apple. The first big win for mobile in general, the FCC announced that it's going to auction off previously reserved bands and previously reserved 5G bandwidth. And this is going to there's going to be an opportunity for carriers to bid on these bands. And in general, it seems like it is probably going to be good for 5G rollout in general because it's it's mid, these are going to be mid frequency bands, I'm pretty sure. But in general, exciting news. So Mike, I'm hoping that I can um, throw it to you first. And can you just tell us a little bit like where we are on 5G rollout? I know it's something that we've been talking about for, you know, a year now. Uh, more than a year, yeah. Yeah, to, to multiple. <laughs> But it only yeah, really I, mattered when the iPhone got 5G. <laughs> and it still largely doesn't quite matter. I mean, all right, so every major carrier has some offering that includes 5G. Exactly. Verizon offers a nationwide 5G with every plan that it, that it so whether you're on, on unlimited or not, you get access to their 5G nationwide network, which is, you know, relatively large but it's not really anything to speak of as far as speeds go. You're getting basically 4G plus, maybe, right. maybe not even like in some, like I, I have it here and I never know if I'm on LG, I'm sorry, LTE or 5G because they're basically the same. Hey you Mike, know? let me just ask real quick yeah. before you get into this, because I'm curious about this. Apparently here in North Carolina where I am, we now have 5G as well. And so when I've been out and about and, and my phone is accessing 5G, I've done a couple of quick downloads. What's your what's your carrier quick? Uh, AT&T. Okay. AT&T. And if you look at their map, it would indicate that there is no 5G around here, but the phone is clearly reading 5G, not 5G. 5G. Not... Okay. I was, I was going to no, ask that. Yeah. No, okay. it's 5G. And the download speeds are like 120, 130, upload speeds in the 40s, sometimes 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, is that, that's that's faster than 4G, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah, 4G. Okay. Um, AT&T has a very fast 4G network, as does Verizon. Um, they're generally around average 60, 70, maybe. Okay. Um, so if you're getting sustained 120, that's that's good. That's better than what I'm getting here. Okay. Um, so yeah, so, so that's the other part of this. Every carrier, it's not... So when you get a 4G, when you got a 4G phone back when that launched, you pretty much knew what you were getting with each carrier. They were, it was way faster than 3G for one. And for another, they all kind of use the same spectrum and they all kind of delivered, you know, similar speeds. Verizon was always a little bit better because of the way they handled aggregation and stuff. But it was, it was, you know, relatively standard. You got between 50 and 70 or so on, a, on, on, an, on an average download cycle. With 5G, it's, it's vastly different. Some 5Gs like um, Verizon are piggybacking on, on their existing LTE network and bandwidth. Uh, and spectrum and giving you, you know, slightly faster sometimes speeds. With that, they also offer uh, ultra wide band, which you usually have to pay for. You always have to pay for right now. 
um, that's ridiculously fast, like gig plus fast, sometimes uh, close approaching two gigs uh, a second. And that is reserved one to small little areas around the country and also to, to higher paying plans. Also, you know, if you live in a rural area that's, that just got 4G, you can forget about getting ultra wideband. And it's not happening. Uh, cities will have it. Um, the, 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 the big appeal of that is um, once we ever get back to congregating again in groups, like sports stadiums and concerts and stuff, if you've ever tried to send a picture that you take at a concert, forget it. It's not going anywhere because you have 25,000 people that are using the same network right now. And it's, it's, it's just jammed. The, the prospect of 5G um, will free that up and also give you, give you faster speeds. With this um, auction that the FCC is doing, uh, carriers will now be able to build out, you know, more toward the realism of what 5G will be. They don't have to piggyback on their existing spectrums and they can build it out, you know, in the US because we haven't really gotten there yet. T-Mobile is the closest. They have mm -hmm. like a true nationwide 5G network that's, that's, you know, that's their, that's a dedicated um, band and is, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty quick. But you know, T-Mobile historically is the is the lesser of the three carriers. Well, there was four. Now now it's T-Mobile and Sprint, and they, and they're they're working on com combining those two. But it's 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 usually excuse me, it's usually Verizon, AT and T, and then T-Mobile is is third when it comes to speeds. So mm -hmm. I would think that they're going to be pretty aggressive in the in the bidding of 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 what uh, the FCC is offering. But this is not something we're going to see this year. It's not going to be something we're going to see for a while. I mean, you know, if once you're able to use a, a certain spectrum for 5G, I mean, you still got to build out all the equipment. And a lot of the existing equipment uh, equipment in this country is based, is, is run by companies that we're not allowed to use anymore. Right. That's so the problem. That's another issue. Yeah. So that, uh, that stuff has to be torn, torn down and, and changed. Also, there's a bit of a, of a conspiracy theory against 5G right now that's making its way around the world, and that oh, complicates no. things oh, no. too. What? Oh, well, because people what? people are people are you know breaking uh, cowers and like burning them down because they think that it's it's like mind yeah. control stuff. And there's a there's a there's a lot of against it at the moment. However, there is an infrastructure in place. No matter what carrier you're using, your iPhone or Android phone can get. 5G. And if you're lucky enough to be in one of Verizon's or AT&T's ultra wideband sections, which are very small, but they do exist all around the country, mm -hmm. you're going to get really, really fast Wi-Fi, uh, uh, better than Wi-Fi speeds. You know, the, 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 just to pick up on what you're saying, Michael, this goes back to the whole, you know, the genesis of 5G several years back. And it was that whole chicken and egg situation where you know, the carriers wanted to talk about 5G. That's why AT&T made up this whole 5G E thing. And then, <laughs> right. uh, um, which, which and, they, but, they did that with 4G too, to be fair. I know, <laughs> I know. It's, but, but okay. So chicken and egg. So, you know, the carriers wanted to, you know, bring people in cell phones, et cetera. So they started talking about 5G, but you know, until Android, I think, you know, started with the 5G uh, chips in, in, in the devices two or three years ago, there wasn't anybody to use it. There was no device, there was nothing, you know. So now you've got the devices. And, and the reason I was sort of joking about Apple is that, uh, you know, after the iPhone arrived last fall offering 5G, that's another spur to get the carriers to build it's, out the infrastructure. It, it instantly became the biggest the top, top yeah. selling phone, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. 5G, yeah. 
And and so now what you've got is you've got the government, you know, basically freeing up bandwidth in an effort to push this. I, I if I remember correctly from one of the stories I saw, this is bandwidth that had been reserved for the military. Right. So clearly, you know, clearly the the, the government is trying to to make a push here. And you, you're not going to be able to build an infrastructure and towers and networks if you don't have the bandwidth. So it's like all of these things kind of roll together over time to ideally get us to a, a, a much more robust 5G network in the U.S. at least, say, in the next three to five mm -hmm. years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's worth saying that we're kind of lagging the rest of the world in this. Right. We need to, we need to catch up quick. Yeah. And this is ultimately, it seems like a move that's going to be great for your everyday consumer, but also your enterprise consumer. I mean, 5G is ultimately going to be a hugely helpful tech <laughs> development. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's- I mean, more than, you know, the average iPhone user. It's, totally. it's, gonna, it's gonna open up all sorts of possibilities for businesses for self-driving cars for things that yeah. connect to networks all the time and you know yeah. yes it'll be cool to 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 do a facetime call with that leg and to download a, a movie <laughs> in like 10 seconds right but that's that's not the real promise of 5g well you know to to your point and, and this goes back to, the, to what i was saying earlier about just doing some speed tests informally here in north carolina in raleigh um, if you're a worker who no longer goes into the office, and that may be a lot of workers over the next few years as companies figure out yeah. post-pandemic, you, know, you work from wherever you are. Uh, yep. If you've got 5G access, I mean, that that's effectively broadband access, and therefore you can do what you need to do, uh, Zoom calls, uh, you know, collaboration uh, teams that work all around the world, and it doesn't really matter where you are. You know, the, it, it reminds me of like 20 years ago when broadband first arrived, cable broadband. And, you know, suddenly people could do what they needed to do other than, you know, in addition to downloading movies really quickly, they could do work from home. And yeah. this is the next step on that. So, it, it, I mean, it is exciting when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have mm -hmm. to run to like a, 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 a Starbucks, a Starbucks. Or McDonald's or something yeah. anymore. Yeah, you could just pop on a park bench and, you know, boom, you're, you're, you're online and it's as if you're at, you know, an office. And that's a great point too, as just someone who has been obviously on, you know, as we all have been Zoom calls all day long, but also sharing my, you know, my roommates and I are all in the same network and they're also on Zoom calls all day long. And I know a ton of other people are in this situation, whether it's roommates, their kids are in online school, their spouses, partners are also at work all day long. It's going to make a huge difference when um, there's not going to be hopefully as many latency issues with um, 5G if there's, you know, a lot of people can be on it at once. Yeah. But I also just have pretty bad Wi-Fi. So that's also a pro. I mean, it's, it's, it's not just you. I mean, <laughs> bad Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm lucky to live in a, in a major city on the East Coast and I have gig gigabit speeds. Right. If there's a lot of this, a lot of this country that don't, it's not exactly. even so much that they can't afford it. They don't even have access to it if they want exactly. to. They could afford it. Yeah. Isn't, and isn't I... The I'm just saying I've got access to it. I'm living in a big city in the East Coast too, and it still is not yeah. that great. So yeah. it's going to be really important. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, just just one quick final point on the on the five G thing. It you know the analogy to me is the more spectrum you have, the the fatter the pipe, the broader the bandwidth, the mm -hmm. more you can roll it out. So the you know that's why this spectrum sale is important because it it really mm -hmm. does it just opens a door wider for bigger yeah. and more robust networks. So it's a good thing. Yeah. 
And importantly, also a popular thing. It's not like there was a lot of pushback to this. I mean, the FCC voted unanimous, unanimously to do it. It's it's ultimately it? going yeah. to be a good thing. So yeah. if you guys don't have any other more thoughts on 5G, I think we can dive into the other topic of the day, which um, I hinted at, at the beginning is a really big win for Apple. So both of you can correct me if I'm wrong, but in iOS 14.5, Apple's finally going to release this app tracking and data privacy feature that basically is going to force users to consent to having apps and websites track their um, track what they're doing what they're doing while yeah. they're on their devices. And this is obviously huge for data privacy and for user privacy and French regulators basically upheld the fact that Apple can do this and that it is a good thing and it's not anti-competitive. They said that, you know, they can take a look at it down the line if it becomes a problem and if they think it's becoming anti-competitive. But ultimately, again, another pretty good thing for user privacy and for everyday users. So it is 14.5, right? When's that coming out? Well, uh, what what 14.5 does is basically forces developers to, 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 to use it. It, it, mm-hmm. it launched in iOS 14. And Apple delayed the mandatory rollout. Some developers gotcha. are using it using it already, and um, so it's, we don't know when it's coming out. Um, it looks it's looking more like April now. I was thinking maybe late March, but possibly April. We're already in the the tail end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple probably isn't having an event in um, in March, and my guess is the release of fourteen point five would be tied to the release of the iPad Pro. That's that's heavily rumored to come out within the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So maybe April, but yeah, it's it's coming soon. I think they're in the fourth beta already, so it's 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 nearly ready to to be released. And what that does is it'll give you a pop up when you log into an app for the first time after um, either after an update or after a new install. <clears throat> it'll say, "Do you want?" A se- I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know the exact language, but it'll basically ask if you want to allow this app to track you for for ad purposes. The app itself, it'll still, like the app developers will still be able to get user data for their own purposes. What they mm-hmm. won't be able to do is sell that user data or, or right. um, whatever partners they have with uh, third-party tracking apps that are, you know, fairly, um, uh, I don't know, it's, it's big business. They're all over the place. And we don't really know on our iPhone who's doing what and when. Yes, you, there are toggles and things that we can shut them off. No one really knows or or realizes that they can be done. No one's diving into the settings to really do that. Not no one, but most people aren't diving into the settings to do that. Now you're going to get a pop-up that says, hey, do you want to give this app access? You can yeah. ignore it. You can say no. You can say yes. Um, the, the, the studies that have been done based on the, that data that they've received already, which is relatively, it's a relatively small subset of developers who have implemented this already. But mm-hmm. for the ones that have, I think it was something like 99.2% of users have either explicitly said no or not explicitly said yes. Gotcha. So it's it's not a good thing for companies that rely on advertisers to Google, Google Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of other smaller companies that we don't know about or we don't know as well. So, you know, I know they make a lot of Android phones. I know Apple has a small market share. But mm-hmm. when you look at the overall picture of, of people, what they're spending money on, Apple's iPhone, the, the, the class of people that use it, they're always at the top. 
mm-hmm. as far as profits go as far and that's why businesses google facebook you know they they want to be on the iphone and they want to have a big presence on the iphone and they want to have all this data and apple is basically making it real hard for them to to get it now and google and facebook have both warned both publicly and privately in um uh to 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 investors like hey this could have a serious impact on both monetarily and you know the, the our, our business at large our, our mobile business at large well and it, it also plays to to apple's pitch which is that we protect your data we protect your privacy yes. mm-hmm. and you know and it, and you know i mean it's it's a it's a smart move on apple's part that goes just beyond the altruistic idea of protecting privacy uh, you know, it, it does sort of throw a, a, a monkey wrench into some of the things that uh, Facebook, Google, other companies are doing. And it allows right. Apple to position itself as, you know, this this purveyor of, of, of privacy. And that was the thing about the French decision. I mean, you know, you think about it. Uh, Europeans tend to look at, at regulation more stringently than we do in the U.S., and so for, for the, you know, for this, this, this French agency to basically say, we don't see a problem here with what Apple's doing. We're going to keep investigating, you mm-hmm. know, but we think that what they're doing is kosher. And so that's, that's going to give Apple some strength here in the U.S. as it tries to fight back. Because, of course, you've got, you know, uh, Facebook and Google, you know, arguing that uh, this is a bad move for users. And Apple's like, no, this is all about transparency and letting people choose for themselves. Right. You know, and as Mike said, you know, there are certainly toggles and things you can turn off and on 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 an iPhone or an iPad, I guess. Um, but those are blunt force. You did that sort and, of like you know, everything's and, on and or Google on. offers them, too, but they're not explicitly in your face. It's not you so much that they're, that they're not transparent. It's that they're not or, or it's not so much that they're hidden as mm-hmm. much as they're not transparent. Like they're, you know, if you want to find them, they're easy to find. You just got to go looking for them. Right. And yeah, I would have been very surprised, particularly in France, in the EU, and what we've seen, the uh, the decisions come out of them, uh, out of that. Uh, Google has paid lots of money in, in fines yeah. and things. The, the GDPR was a was a huge move that they made a couple of years ago. I would have been shocked if they said, oh yeah, yeah, this is this is bad. We, <laughs> Apple's wrong here. <laughs> that, yeah, that, would have, that would have been a surprising right. decision. So uh, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. I'm sure that there will be appeals. The, the the big question will be when the when the case inevitably appears in in U.S. courts to see mm-hmm. what 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 happens there because Google's a U.S. company, Facebook's a U.S. company, Apple's a U.S. Right. company. That that's that's when it'll be interesting to see what what that decision or or or, or how it looks. I mean, we could what be would, years away. But what would the argument even be? From, you know, from a competitor from non Apple. How can you argue that giving users access or you know the ability to make this decision? What's a legal argument saying that's bad or wrong? I mean, is it, it they're saying it's anti-competitive? Is that sort yeah, of what that's, the, exa- yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it was? Yeah. Which you know, it's it's a it's a spurious argument, but they they try. Yeah, good know. luck arguing that one. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at um. Yeah, everything that I've seen has pretty much said that competitors, advertisers are saying that this is unfair and anti-competitive. But um, I think that, you know, while we're on the topic of competition, I'm kind of wondering who's next? Is another device maker going to adopt these rules, do you think? I mean, Ken, like you mentioned, this is, it fits very squarely with Apple's um, with Apple has always saying, you know, your privacy is in mind and we really care about your privacy, but 
every device maker says that. So I'm wondering if, you know, is Samsung going to be next? Is Google going to be next? Or or is I that mean, a hard no? Google would be I, shooting themselves. In I, the I, right, right. I mean, their whole business model is yeah. based on using that data, collecting it and selling I mean, it. So. Samsung could, that's not their business. They're, they're a hardware right. company, but mm-hmm. they also have to use Android and they got to, they, they're, they're, you know, they're very close partners with Google. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what I, what will probably happen, assuming this rolls out um, as expected next month. And so the app developers will figure out a way to not so much get around it, but work with it. You know, Facebook and Google, they, they're going to have to figure out how they can use this, whether it's through pop-ups, whether it's through explanations on, on the app, whatever it is, because, you know, it's not all bad like targeted advertising isn't necessarily a, a, a blanket evil. You know, it can or be geographic, useful, it can Or be geographically helpful. based advertising. Particularly where you that, are matters yeah, too. Small, yeah. small businesses. I mean, there is a benefit to it if done correctly. The problem is what happens is we buy a, a shirt and we get 30,000 uh, uh, pop-up ads or not pop-up, uh, banner <laughs> ads and things for, for more yeah. shirts. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if they do it in the right way, it, it, it can be a good thing. They can use that data to really deliver things to consumers that they want. And I think that they're gonna to try to figure out a middle ground between what Apple is asking them to do and what their investors need from them, which is, you know, profit. Yeah. And once that, so once that is is figured out, then we'll see something come to Android phones in, 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 in the sense that, you know, people are, there are gonna be a, a number of people that see this and they hey, say, hey, like, why is my phone tracking me when the iPhone isn't? Why, why do mm-hmm. I have to uh, go through all these hoops to, to stop Google from looking at my data when Apple people just press a button? So Google's gonna have to respond in some way. That's a good point. But I think it'll take a, we, we need to see where this ends up. Like what Facebook and Google and, and other companies do with iOS 14.5 once, it's, once it releases. I do think too that people are more cognizant of privacy issues and sure. the fact that they, that they, you know, who was it? Was it Jobs or someone who said, you know, if they're offering you something for free, you're the you're the product, and yeah, that's really the that's, case here. I it's, think Tim you know, Tim Tim Cook has been. A, Cook? A, 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 I don't know if he said that exact quote, but yeah, he's Sorry. been the the person at, over over the last five years or so that has, you know, I mean, not that Steve Jobs wasn't into privacy, but it wasn't as much of an issue when he was right. running the company. Right now that the iPhone is so prevalent and mobile ads is so prevalent and, 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 you know, these things are, are at the forefront. We, it, it really came to a head with that, um, uh, the, the, the terrorism case in, in, in San Bernardino, California, when they were trying to unlock an iPhone and they basically said, you know, help us do this, let, let create a back door for us. So you can, so we can get into this person's phone. Oh, and don't worry, we won't use it for anybody else, but this phone. And Tim Cook and Apple said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh," and they they fought it in court, and it became a it became a a, a real kind of a, a real issue, not just there because that case went away because they they cracked it, um, you know, for lack of a better word, illegally. But you know, it's been an issue ever since. And Apple took that, you know, that 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 hill that they were on, and and stuck a flag in there and said, you know what, this we're not leaving. We're going to be the 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 privacy leaders in this space in across mm-hmm. all, you know, not just um, biometrics and, and unlocking and encryption, but everything. And we've really seen a change in the last t- uh, two or three versions of iOS and the iPhone that really put privacy, you know, not just first, but also foremost. 
they're really leaning into that too. I mean, you're you're yeah. even hearing people like the FBI director and others at the you know top echelons of government saying, right. "Well, we just want this little back door put in, but some of these companies yeah. just won't do it." You know, but Apple's really has, made, has has maintained its stance all along, and in fact strengthened it, which is part I mean, of what this does. It's been proven that once that back door exists, it's it's forget least, it. Yeah, yes, right. everybody goes through it. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People use it to, you know, to look at wives and girlfriends and, and husbands. It's a mess. Like yeah. it, it, once that exists, it's over. Yeah. Right. Even if it's in like the NSA or something, for, it, it, it's it's not going <laughs> to just be used for yeah. one, you know, uh, a real important uh, cases where they, they have to get into get that information. Yeah. And leaving any back door open is also just going to be, is going to make you more vulnerable. It's but, right. You're, you're less, you're less protected. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got um, a great question from LinkedIn, not necessarily about privacy, more about internet connection. So this, you were asked, do you have any suggestions for those who have bad connections to the internet, a valid signal boost or server for those? Um, I think it's, I think some of this got like jumbled. I think some typos, but I think just um, valid signal boost or server for those in out in like far reaching areas. Um, so not necessarily about, I don't think the answer is, you know, 5G yet, maybe right. it will eventually, but do either of you have any thoughts on that? I mean, your, the, the equipment matters because mm-hmm. you might have a bad connection and then your equipment might be making that connection uh, not so much worse, but not taking advantage of the most it could get. Mm-hmm. So um, check out, check where your router is positioned for one that's the biggest thing a lot of people put them in a closet and you're you're degrading 50 to 70 percent of your signal immediately uh, i know they're most of them aren't very pretty but you want it to be somewhere where it the, the signal can can get out because it you know wi-fi right. gets degraded by walls and cabinets and windows and all these things so you want it to be clear and my other suggestion was is uh, mesh mesh networking bingo is, yeah. a, is a big one you, you know, if you can afford like a Wi-Fi 6 router that that's or Wi-Fi 6E now, that, that's the top of the line. They're very expensive. But um, even uh, uh, Amazon Eero or a, or a lower end Orbi, like the, you'll, you'll see massive, massive results. Even if you have like a like a router and like an extender or something, if you get a, a, a network a network, a, a mesh networking router with uh, two or three satellites around your 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 home or your apartment or whatever you're living in. Um, all those little dead spots, they they'll just basically go away. Yeah, what exactly what Michael said? I was just going to say in terms of a mesh router, I had to do that here at the house mm-hmm. because I've got some dead spots in a very large backyard. I, I, I think I helped with your with uh, you did. Michael was <laughs> the one who steered me correctly, and uh, this was last year. And and Michael, you were correct. I mean, the thing is, you know, to to the original question, if you've got just one base station or access mm-hmm. point. And that's got to take care of a whole house and or outdoor areas. You almost need some kind of repeater or mesh network to extend that out. And once you do that, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I can get speeds all the way to the back part of the yard or the front of the house or whatever. I don't think about it anymore. Right. You know, and you don't have to worry about, the, uh, you know, walls and bricks and everything else blocking the signal. So it's, it kind of seems like you're you're going to have to be working with the cards that you're dealt, but you can make, you can make it a little bit better regardless of what um, sort of signal you're working with already. Yeah. Thanks guys. I think that's really great advice. So I don't know if you guys have any more burning thoughts on um, privacy or 5g and to our audience, if you have any like last questions that you want to get in before you, we sign off about, you know, 5g, your Wi-Fi connection and 
data privacy, do send them, you know, right now. If not, we'll get to them after the fact. But I think that's pretty much all for us. So Mike, Ken, I really appreciate you guys coming in and chatting. I think it's two exciting things for, you know, consumers and enterprise users alike with these two um, recent decisions. So thank you guys so much. Sure. Thanks. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. And if you're watching us over on LinkedIn, be sure to go over to YouTube. You can go to the IDG um, Tech Talk channel on YouTube and you can subscribe over there. We're live over there too, so you can watch it in either place. But we've got a lot more videos over on YouTube. And be sure to hit the bell icon in the corner so you're notified every single time you post that we post a new video once you do subscribe. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.